Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, and we are in episode four of five. We're talking about proactive steps with employment law with our super awesome, amazing employment attorney, David Miklas, and also JC. Wendy, before we get into it, I know that we're in episode four, but I'm not. I've been trapped, trapped, I tell you, amongst a plethora of amazing information at MiklasEmploymentLaw.com. I stopped by there. I was checking out some of the legal updates and everything that's listed. It was pretty fantastic. David, is that your website or is this someone else? Yeah, no, no, that's mine. That's mine. I I write all those articles that are in there too. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Really. I mean, if you haven't had a chance, stop by, check that out. Highly recommend it. Back to you. Hey, we want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, a very heated topic, a very necessary topic, such as mental health in the workplace. It's been decades that we talk about healthcare and it's usually because People want healthcare insurance, employers, you know, for when we won't get into the politics of it, employers for whatever reason are the ones that are providing healthcare instead of the government. But now it's not just about physical health, it's about mental health. You know, what are the trends, David, that you're seeing in mental health awareness that is connected to employment law and possibly lawsuits? Yeah, so um, I did just hear on NPR today, and I don't know when this is going to get released, but today is uh, July 26th, um, that they said that President Biden's administration is going after health care for not allowing mental health referrals. And um, in fact, uh, just yesterday, July 25th, um, the Department of Labor announced that uh, several agencies, the Department of Labor, HHS, and Treasury all announced proposed rules to strengthen mental health parity and addiction uh, equity act. And, and where I see this is during the pandemic, I saw some some studies come out that said, I think it's like 50 percent of the population has some type of uh, depression or anxiety. So these are all mental health illnesses. Um, usually they, they can rise to the level of a disability, which would trigger uh, ADA uh, obligations for the employer. And, um, and we're starting to see this, um, you know, these are invisible disabilities, but they're still covered by the ADA. And just today um, I dealt with two phone calls uh, one involving anxiety, an employee with anxiety, and another one with an employee with ADHD. And both of them gave that as an excuse for their poor performance. They're basically getting written up. One was on a PIP, and they're, you know, fixing to fire these people. And they said, well, hold up. You can't fire me because I'm disabled. I can't do that because my ADHD is causing that. So, uh, and also, you know, during COVID, I've seen it where someone says that they had brain fog as part of long COVID. And these are all things. Normally, if someone can't do the job, you fire them or you discipline them. But, you know, the law requires you to to do certain things if, if you know, they're if the employee is disabled. And for instance, if someone is a poor performer and they say, hey, hang on, I, I'm having a hard time understanding this because I have ADHD. I'm not a visual learner. Can you put it in writing? OK, so that does two things. One, they told you that they're disabled and they asked for a reasonable accommodation. So if it's something that you can do, great. 
put it in writing to them and you've 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 engaged in that interactive process that the ADA requires and you've given them a reasonable accommodation. So these are definitely things and, and if it's a larger employer then there you may also be covered by the FMLA and that may come into play too. Some awesome. statistics just- real quick for you supporting what David was just saying from the ADA numbers. 43% of employers have seen a spike in reasonable accommodation requests related to mental health since the coronavirus pandemic started. About 20% of American workers live with a mental health condition and more than one in five adults live with a mental illness. Wendy, back to you. Yeah, my, David, you ended uh, that statement over there. I was actually sitting here thinking, hey, does the FMLA comply too? So you may have the overlap of the ADA and the FMLA and then in some very probably rare circumstances, injuries related to workers' comp, too. But going back to mental health, the overlap of the FMLA and ADA. Oh, I don't know. Two of the most complicated laws that are out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the, the take-home message, the steps that employers can take to, to create a, a supportive environment and, and prevent lawsuits would be, frankly, to train HR and to train the managers. Um, HR typically does go to conferences where someone like me speaks. Um, At the very least, they should go to their local SHRM chapter, whatever the equivalent is at your local county HR conference, because they'll bring in a speaker. Um, Someone at least once a year should talk on this kind of stuff. Um, But then you need to go back and take that information and train your managers or bring in an outside expert uh, to train those managers. Another thing that the business can do is offer an EAP program. Uh, Usually uh, the EAP programs that I deal with, they offer uh, counseling sessions such as, hey, you can go to counselor six times for free. That is an amazing asset for someone that is struggling with mental health issues. David, I have a question for you. It's been said before that generally public sector employers and private business employers with more than 50 workers are covered under both the ADA and FMLA. What if there's less than 50? That's a good question. So if there's less than 50, then like a private business with 30 employees, um, it's not covered by the FMLA. Now, there may be some state uh, requirements in a certain state that may, you know, impose certain obligations. But at a federal level, the FMLA will not apply to private company or nonprofit with less than 50 employees. Um, But the ADA would apply if you have 15 or more. So no no matter what we're talking, as long as you have 15 or more employees, you're still going to have to go through that interactive process, determine is there a reasonable accommodation you can provide. And, And if the FMLA did apply, then what that does, that provides employee with 12 weeks of job protected leave. That means you can't fire them pretty much during that 12-week leave that they're taking. Uh, And then when they come back, let's assume that they can come back at the end of their 12 weeks. Then you've complied with the FMLA. But let's say they can't come back for like another week. Well, that essentially might be a request for a reasonable accommodation under the ADA for one more week of leave on top of that 12 weeks. And you probably should be giving them that one extra week as an accommodation. That's some of the overlap that I regularly see. Um, and, and certainly the worst thing you can do is fire someone while they're on FMLA leave. That, that's always going to result in a lawsuit. That has been very helpful. That was going to be my question as well is it's like you're reading my mind over here of, uh, you know, what if FMLA runs out? And so and folks that are listening, if you've never had to deal with ADA and reasonable accommodation, um, there is an amazing website called Ask Jan. Jan. Ask. Yep. Ask Jan Job Accommodation Network. Um, so AskJan.org, I believe it is. 
and it is super, super helpful. But just to let you know, it's also just as helpful to employees as it is as employers. So this is where you need to be doing your research, you know, calling up people that can help somebody like David or an attorney in your state. And then uh, someone like me as well, or another HR consultant, because it is very confusing and there's a lot of information out there. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, to episode four of five of our five-part series on proactive steps with employment law. We do have one more session coming up soon, and we're going to be talking a little bit about another hot topic, diversity, equity, inclusion. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.